Hi everyone, it's Drew. Before we begin, we would just like to give a warning to some of the sensitive content presented in today's podcast. The following will contain themes of trauma, past abuse, mentions of suicide, self-harm, eating disorders, and many other subjects surrounding mental illnesses. All comments made are based on each individual's personal opinions and experiences, not facts. So please enjoy our mental health podcast, and I hope this goes to help you guys understand more about yourselves and the people around you. Hello, I'm your podcast host, Ashley. I'm your podcast host, Drew. Today, we're here with Kelsey, Sherry, and Sonia of Just Lost Podcast to talk about mental health and mental health stigmas. Um, hi, guys. I'm Kelsey from the Just Lost Podcast. I'm Sherry from the Just Lost Podcast. And I'm Sonia from the Just Lost Podcast. <laughs> We're so excited to have you guys feature onto our podcast. Um, I've actually listened to a few of yours. I, I just like love your atmosphere. You guys are so energetic all the time. And you guys, I, I can just feel like the friendship energy. You guys are great. Um, oh, that's <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like our podcasts are like very similar. Like a lot of the stuff that we talk about is like, kind of like on the same page so that's really cool yeah 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 this time we're we will be talking about a heavier topic mental health so just a trigger warning um we may be talking about suicide or trauma just a heads up so my first question for you guys is um what more do you guys want to know about um for mental health because i know that we're all youth um, there may be some things that we don't know. There are some things that you guys want to spread. Can you guys tell me a little bit more about, about that? Um, okay, so what I kind of like personally want to learn more about mental health is like kind of like the disorders. They just don't really like hear about that much. So like I don't really hear that much about bipolar disorder or like schizophrenia. I don't really know that much about them. I think a lot of like society today really just talks about like anxiety, depression, like kind of those two are or eating disorders too, but they're kind of like glamorized and just talked about it way more. So I think I would like to learn more about those disorders. Um, and in the podcast, we're just like trying to help with the stigma and like reduce the stigma around all of that. So yeah, um, definitely that. But then also, I feel like, especially because of the pandemic, mental health disorders and stuff are starting to affect kids at like a younger and younger age. Like I have a younger brother who's in sixth grade who like because of the pandemic is like isolated and you know because he can't he doesn't have social media like when you're like in fifth grade sixth grade like you don't have instagram right it's like there's no way you can like communicate with your friends that often and so like mental health is um like impacting younger and younger generations i feel like that's something that isn't talked about enough so yeah yeah so i kind of i kind of came up with this like um like podcast idea and I like kind of went to share and we initially were just like we had like different goals if that makes sense like I was wanted like that mental health perspective but Sherry wanted like this like current events type thing but basically I created this because no one really talks about mental health because like especially in my family like we're very like I don't want to say like stereotype but like that stereotypical like Asian family where like mental health isn't really talked about like so this podcast was really just a way to like reach out and see and interview like what other people are going through so like what Sonia said like eating disorders 
um, and like other other mental illnesses that we don't really hear about, like bipolar disease and um, stuff like that. So yeah, I think that it's it's kind of been like a like a fun or not a fun like a wild ride is what I'm trying to say no but like it's kind of been like interesting seeing how many people we've been able to reach because I feel like like before quarantine especially at the school that we go to um at Lowell like mental health is just like mental health issues and stress and anxiety is like the norm like everybody is stressed everybody's anxious and overwhelmed and the term like I'm depressed and I'm so like you know that's like thrown around and I feel like um even if you're not you know like diagnosed with like major depressive disorder or whatever like you can still feel really stressed and anxious and upset and I feel like at the least what we hope is for our podcast and these resources to help people feel like they're not alone no matter what age you are or where you live or like how you feel Mm -hmm. so I think just in general it's been a really cool experience um doing this podcast to like be able to help other people and like increase the amount that we talk about mental health because it's genuinely probably like the biggest issue um Mm -hmm. people within people our generation you know yeah and like also have people like learn from us like we're not perfect so we kind of want to like make people feel more in like included in these conversations it's also like more normal that it's fine to have like a stressful day and like listen to your feelings your feelings are valid so yeah okay sherry brings up such a good point like literally at lowell it's like oh my gosh i'm so stressed out i'm so anxious there's literally okay might be exaggerating this but like i've like during like the like school weeks it's just it's never like a period of just like calm if that makes sense yeah everyone's just so like go 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 and like what is anyone what's what's being done about this like the teachers aren't gonna adjust like we have to adjust but like then we have like like different like backgrounds and different like needs that we have to meet on top of school so it's just really stressful so we just kind of like talk about this so people know that like it's not just you guys I feel like especially little students yeah 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 and I also feel like youth in general sometimes they don't their their feelings are kind of downplayed because they're youth they're like oh because you're a teenager like it's it's just puberty it's gonna go away I feel like that's a, also a big part of what's not like. A lot of that is accepted, especially in yeah. school. I guess my next question is, how has mental health changed your life, which is either positive or negative? Um, so I've struggled a lot with the competition at Lowell. Um, I'm a pretty competitive person, and I went from a school where it was super easy for me. Like, I would, like, breeze through. I literally did, like, five minutes of homework a night to Lowell, which is a lot more and then everybody's just competitive there and then my competitive mentality was like I need to be the best um so I definitely struggled with my mental health and I'm still struggling with it like to this day I'm like oh this person is taking this many courses and this person is taking this and this is what they got in their ACT or SAT or you know um so my mental health I yeah I'm learning to (laughs) accept it and like try to fix it and like understand that it's normal to be this stressed and like find good coping mechanisms but it's definitely been hard like given my personality um just being so competitive and in a competitive atmosphere so 
it's not doing great right now, especially, but like, I just feel like I have a direct correlation with mental health and like no school. So like, as soon as the summer comes along, my mental health is so good. But then, you know, during school and especially now it's really like, it's not doing too great. Um, and I think what helps me the most is like coming up with a schedule and in the many ways that quarantine has been absolutely awful and really bad for my mental health. One way that I guess it helped with me is that I didn't get to see as many people. Um, so I couldn't compare myself to random classmates, um, which has helped a little bit, but then now I'm like super isolated and feel really lonely. So my mental health isn't doing that well with that part. So <laughs> overall, that's kind of my mental health at the moment and my history with it. Yeah, I feel like I definitely, <laughs> um, I was just going to say like, I think I've always been a really anxious person. Like I've always been a worrier. Like I'll take a test and then I'll be like, even if I study for it and I think I do well, I'm like, oh, what if like I did something wrong? Or like I'm like always just been like super worried about like every small little thing and like very anxious and I get like really anxious really easily. Um, and like they've definitely gotten better, but like before in um, middle school and like earlier like before quarantine I used to have really bad panic attacks um so like that definitely they correlated for sure um but like I think that quarantine has definitely helped my mindset because I think it was my mindset that like was wrong I was a very very competitive person like um I grew up doing gymnastics which is a very toxic competitive sport and then um you know my parents used to be like pretty like a lot stricter than they are now so like I felt like a lot of pressure on me constantly and I think that like culminated into like this like not healthy mindset um but I think during quarantine like Sonia said it's been like for me it's been a blessing in disguise because I think I got to kind of take a step back and realize that there's a lot of different paths to success. Oh, I think it's also because I am so afraid of disappointment. Like I used to be so scared of disappointment. And so that's like why I would like be so like, you know, worked up over everything. And so like, um, I think I kind of over quarantine realizes there's a lot of paths to success and I don't have to like go to an amazing college and I don't have to do um, tons of AP classes and get all A's and like this and that in order to quote unquote succeed. So it's been a path, so yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, like, Yay. just, like, hearing you guys, like, I think it's really kind of your past that really affects you now, like, I'm different from Sonia in a way that, like, I, I don't know what, like, my, I'd say, like, my school for me was, like, harder, so I kind of adapted to that, and I also use school as a coping mechanism to, like, oh my gosh, I literally, in middle school was kind of like the place where I birthed like a lot of my insecurities and anxieties and like worrying like it just like that was the point where it just started to grow going into school like like the competition for school other than the classes like it doesn't really bother me it's more of like the environment around me like the friends the people the teachers like that affects me more than grades and like different from Sherry my my dad and my mom never had the best grades so they were just like yeah because their parents my grandparents pressured them into getting good grades so like they're like 
you don't have to like get straight A's, but I did because I needed people in middle school to ask me for answers because I was that desperate to get them to like talk to me. <laughs> like literally, like the popular kids, like they'd like ask me, I was like, oh my gosh, like of course, like no. My so, mental health like relationship is not great. Like, like right now, I'd say like it would be a blessing in disguise in that I could focus more on like like my triggers of like why I get anxious but also like literally since the AP exams it feels like I can't breathe like like so many things and once I am done it's like I still have a weight on my chest so like I need to find a remedy to this maybe it's just like AP exams it probably is but like my relationship with mental health it could be better mm-hmm so much um, better. I also forgot to mention that I'm I don't want to diagnose myself in any way I don't think that's good for the whole yeah. community um but I would say that I'm more socially anxious um than other people like I'll replay like I don't know if you guys do this like I haven't really talked to anybody about this but like if in a conversation if one person reacts the wrong way <laughs> I'll remember it um, and just like replay that one thing like over and over and over again and just like think about that one thing where the conversation could have lasted two hours and I'll literally pick up just like two random events where the like the person maybe just paused because like they were looking at a tree. I don't know. They like they just weren't in the conversation and then I'll like think about it and then try to like just like really think about it for hours. So Sonia, that's yeah. a normal occurrence for me. Yeah. Yeah. That I happens do, so much. I do the opposite, actually. Like, before it even happens, I, like, make up a script in my head. Because I have GED, so, like, my anxiety is through the roof most of the time. And so what I do is that I make a script in my head to be like, okay, if this person reacts like this in any sort of way, like, this is how I react. And so when they deviate from the script I've created, I panic because it's like, oh, God, oh, no, everything's wrong. So it's really yeah. interesting how everything is so different yet the same in an odd way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that is very... I did the same thing, too. I did that in freshman year. I'd, like, replay, like, what I would say because I knew that, like, once I started talking to this person, like, they wouldn't have anything to say, so I had to make the conversation. So it's like I had to, like, figure out, like, what I had to say first. Be like, oh, like, da-da-da-da. I definitely did that freshman year. I do mm -hmm. both. Definitely. In, in those scenarios, I, I actually, like, realized some of the people I surround myself with were kind of toxic in a way. That they made me always rethink my decisions. They always, like, made me rethink if I'm, like, not good enough. And I was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I, I want to like rid myself of these toxic people. So from that, I feel like I've learned to surround myself with good people only, like people who will yeah. support me, people I can support back. And yeah, I just found that that has helped me mentally as well. Okay. I mean, yes. Good advice. Yes. But oh, that's great. <laughs> I say, my thing is, it's with like random people. Like, it's not with friends. It'll be with, like, I don't know, if I'm talking to my boss or I'm, like, talking to a mentor, it's more, like, those kind of situations where yeah. I'll, like, replay it over and over again and not, like, when I'm with my friends, I'm, like, okay, I don't really care if they think I did something, <laughs> if I said something weird because, like, they know me so well already. Like, I've, I've done stupid things before, so, like, it doesn't really matter. But, like, if it's, like, someone who, like, I wouldn't say that I 
who I respect more, but, like, I mean, I respect, I don't know if that makes sense, who, like, you just don't know them yet, and you want to, like, impress them. Yeah, but it, but it, like, when I met Ashley and Drew, like, I didn't have any of this, like, it's specifically when there's someone older than me, or, like, that I'm, like, trying to learn from them, or, like, I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like judgment is a big part of that as well because I oh think, my gosh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like people older than me I have the I feel the same way because it's like um how are they going to react to like me saying this or like how are they going to react to this like are they going to give me advice or are they going to say I did something wrong I feel like from yeah. a person with more experience it kind of gets harder to talk with I don't know. That's yeah. just my feeling. Oh, yeah. Uh, so quickly, I'll share my own story. So I was diagnosed with GAD uh, in like the end of my middle school career. So it was during the summer. Uh, something really bad happened. I tried uh, hurting myself. And so that's how I got my diagnosis. Because my entire middle school career was literally pretty much both of your experiences, like all of your experiences, consistently being surrounded by people just that weren't good for me or dealing with trauma that I didn't really understand at the time. And so I kind of took high school as the opportunity to reinvent myself and reinvent what GED was to me. Like For example, right now, uh, I'm breathing heavily because even though I don't feel anxious, nothing is happening. It's still just a part of my condition that just makes me, like my brain is telling me something's wrong, we have to fix it. And so that was kind of the biggest challenge for me throughout my experience with mental health. It was trying to separate my traumatized brain uh, versus the side of me that wasn't traumatized, I guess is the way of saying it. And so it's kind of just figuring out how to live with it because I kind of got tired of living with it Mm -hmm. because I kind of didn't feel like I was living at all. I was just bowing to my mental illness. I wasn't really thriving. I didn't enjoy anything. Did that help? Like, I'm just curious, like, is, are you doing better? Like, has it helped surrounding yourself with like people who care and all of that? It was, yeah. And it has helped. Although, you know, naturally older people are the anxiety that like it mostly causes me anxiety. Mm-hmm. they tend to not understand or they can't relate and so when I speak to someone who's older than me and has a similar condition as me I find it very difficult to connect because you know we both have the same condition on paper but at the same time experience is one thing and the way we both cope is a completely different thing so you know if an adult has you know GD, um, our age is going to affect the way we perceive it as well because they may see it as like a, a, a horrible thing to have. Well, I perceive it as just something that I have. I think it's uh, important <laughs> that like you pointed out that like it affects everybody differently too. Like everybody um, like looks at these things in a different way. And I think that's really important because I feel like, you know, there's so many misconceptions. Like people are like, oh, like I am so organized. So I have OCD or like, like stuff like that, um, like jokes and stuff like that. Like you never know how to affect someone else or somebody who actually has that disorder or like, I don't know. I think that education is something that really needs to happen, especially in our generation and the generation or like kids our age and also students younger than us starting in elementary and middle school. I think that's a really important thing like to educate people about I don't think it's talked about enough yeah Yeah. and that's like really frustrating 
Yeah. yeah I think honestly, everybody should get educated on it. Like it's yeah. not, I think we're all just like, we don't know enough and we're not because of the stigma, really, we're not talking about it enough. Yeah. The first time I ever learned what a mental illness or a mental health condition was, was in middle school. And it was during a play. And I remember thinking like, oh, is that what I have? Because my entire life, I was kind of told that if I had a problem, I had to suck it up and move on. And mm-hmm. so to finally have something that I can kind of understand and kind of connect with, it was so eye-opening because it kind of helped me understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling and what was the purpose of you know therapy and like talking to someone to what you said Sherry uh, like how uh, what types of mental illnesses are you familiar with and what types of mental and mental illnesses do you think we should be focusing on nowadays specifically because as you're aware certain time periods kind of bring up certain issues and that can affect you in a bunch of different ways for example after World War One and Two we finally learned what uh, shell shock was or soldier's heart, which we now know is post-traumatic stress disorder. And we initially kind of organized it because of, you know, war. But now we know that it's not something that is exclusive to war type events. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm actually writing an article for my critical writing class right now about how like um, the pandemic has affected mental health in there's like this study that um, Chinese um, like scientists did um, that showed that, or like of a bunch of like students in China and there was like a, an over 10% increase of like students um, who showed symptoms of major depressive disorder. And also like um, in total, there was like almost 40% of students showed anxiety um, disorder or uh, GAD. Um, disorder symptoms and like that just goes to show like how much this pandemic has affected like students and like adolescents specifically but also like everybody and I think that's definitely something that we need to focus on is um, I guess because I think everybody has misconceptions about what it means to be like depressed or um, to have anxiety or to have OCD and it's also like there's there's like different types of each disorder. Like it's not just like the, your diagnosis is not just like depression. It's not just like, there's like different forms of it or like in stuff like that. And so I think it's really important that people have those misconceptions cleared up and like are educated about how to best support um, people, uh, their friends or, you know, people around them that are affected by these disorders also. Sorry, I am like can't speak today, no, but yeah. You said it all, nice. girl. That was very nice. Um, I wanted to add something really quick um, before we move on to another question. Um, I really hope that they add some mental health like curriculum to especially middle schoolers because um, like what Drew said, I remember like when I was in um, middle school, like, I'm not gonna say I have anxiety, but I think, like, I have a lot of, like, the symptoms that they talk about, so whenever I wanted to, like, say something, someone would always tell me that I'm overthinking it, and it's, like, okay, so then that just makes you think that there's something wrong with you, and, like, that continued on to sophomore year, and, like, I didn't figure out that it was okay until this summer, 
So like you have to, it's, it's kind of like giving yourself a label can be really helpful because say like, for example, jealousy, like you have this feeling and this label is kind of how everyone can like relate to you. And when you're not really like given this like label and this like from like for me, like it doesn't feel like other people know what I'm feeling. So and no one ever taught me like anxiety, depression, unless it was like a bad thing. Like my parents would say like, oh, you have depression? Like that, like what? Yeah. Like you have anxiety? Cause I asked them if I could go to the counselor, my school, my parents were like, is there something wrong? Like, like, like not judgy, but like really concerned. Like it was like something really like, so it was just awful. So yeah. like, I really hope like, middle school curriculum and can include like mental health stuff a lot more because I feel like if I had that it would have helped me mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it should be add to like health the health course be your mandatory to take like you know how they make mm-hmm. us take sex ed and all that because yeah. I think a lot of times we think of mental health as something that has nothing to do with our body which is completely wrong and we know this through science and through literal decades and centuries of, you know, viewing this. Yeah. Your mental health, and the way you treat it has a huge correlation with your physical body. And so if you can't take care of one, the other one starts failing. And so that was a huge part of like, uh, for me and my recovery, I was told that I couldn't focus on my body if I didn't focus on my mind. Because I was an athlete, like I was in figure skating and figure skating is toxic okay it, like, me too i was a figure skater yeah and so you know being in that world there's a lot of things that they tell you that oh you're too fat or you're too this or you're too that and like you have to do this and you have to do that and so i was really grateful for one of my coaches literally telling me that you need to take a break you can't keep pushing yourself because every time like after practice it was always the same thing i would come off ice i was exhausted and it was so emotionally just done I couldn't do anything like I felt so empty and it was such a weird feeling and I didn't enjoy it so you know having mental health be part of our health course which is mandatory is an absolute must because we cannot continue to have you know young people go into adulthood go into college and not understand themselves and perceive that mental illness is still a really wrong thing to have or something you should be ashamed of Mm -hmm. and like how are you supposed to be successful you know like there's it's literally like debilitating like you can't do anything so definitely some more discussion on mental health in the world really i can 100 percent relate to um what drew was saying because like in gymnastics i've talked about i've talked about this with kelsey and sonia a lot but like literally it's so toxic and um it was like the norm for like us to be just like crying like literally like you had a bad day you go to the bathroom and you cry for 10 minutes and then come out and act like nothing happened and I would literally like after practice I'd be so emotionally just done I would come home and like like you shower after practice and I would just let the water run and I would just like sit in the bathroom and like ball my eyes out and like have a panic attack like felt like I couldn't breathe or like anything it was so bad but like it's so normal like in sports especially in gymnastics like um 
I'm gonna put out there if you guys want to learn more about this kind of stuff watch athlete a on Netflix <laughs> it is so good um yeah but like I feel like mental health in sports like that plays such a big role like in people's mm-hmm. mental health um sports and then also schools and then like Drew was saying and Kelsey was saying um I think it's so important because we grow up to be the adults. Like we're gonna have, most likely we're gonna have kids or family, um, kids who are probably also gonna go through stress and anxiety. Like, and so it's so important for us to, you know, be educated on this so that we can help people who come after us, which is why like, because our parents most likely didn't, you know, go through that kind of education stage. Like that's why a lot of parents aren't understanding about mental health or they don't like, they just don't get it, you know, Um, and they don't like understand. And so that's why education is so important because it, it's like the basis of everything, you know, but yeah quickly want to add to what you said about the whole panic attack thing I remember that I would you know I am in love with figure skating like all of that horrible stuff that gets told and is said and is done definitely like takes the fun out of it but I adore it it's a part of me and so I remember like the first time I experienced a panic attack in public it was such a very weird experience because I was on ice and so imagining that you're on a surface that has no friction and you have knives on your shoes like I remember I was in the middle of the ice and I couldn't breathe and it was literally holding onto my throat because I thought I was dying because it feels like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so top that with the fact that my throat was also closing up because it was just, it, it was too much. I ran into the bathroom and just hid in there hoping that it would just go away or I would just die in that moment. It was as desperate as desperation that you feel to just like, please stop. Because you don't understand. Like, if I known it was a panic attack, I probably could have rationalized it better. But because I was given no instruction or education, or I was not ever really informed as to what it may look like or be like, and also with media, like they romanticize and exaggerate, or they don't explain enough. You know, I couldn't understand it because I thought there was genuinely something wrong, and there was something wrong, but I didn't. I wasn't ready you know and that's mm-hmm. a huge thing cuz top that with the pressure that you feel from your sport and then from school it just adds on to a point where you're just desperate and it comes out in a very violent form yeah yeah adding on to that like getting into personal experiences i just wanted to say like desperation is a big part of mental health i feel like because there are these feelings that we're just we just have and we just don't know what they are and we just think they're normal when really it's just it's I don't know it's like normalized so much to for these feelings that we think it's like okay but in reality I think um it's okay to like ask for help and seek for help I just wanted to put that out there and yeah and some of my personal experiences I have had people tell me like you're just not doing enough you're like procrastinating because and you're getting sad about this because it's your actions that causes but in reality I feel like some days it's just you can't get up and you just can't get out of bed and that's normal it's not your fault yes I 100% agree like I don't know I feel like I've always struggled particularly I well right now I'm like really struggling with school so like it's the only thing I'm thinking of um but yeah just like understanding that it's okay to have a bad day and it's okay to be stressed out a little bit. Um, but also just like 
they'll ask I'm a really big family person like I really especially during the pandemic I've like relied on my family a lot because I do have trouble like I, I actually ang- like I, I wouldn't say anxiety but I'm pretty stressed out when I text people like it's it's kind of like it's permanent in there like I can just go back to it so it's even like worse if I you can't read any emotion and then I don't know how they perceived what I just said and like if they got it what I wanted to say so then I haven't like reached out to many friends um and like that kind of really sucks during the pandemic um so I became like a family person and just like rely on them and like you know ask like a trusted friend and just like have them tell you and you know be that friend too because like you have no idea what it means to be that person to the person that you're I don't think that made sense but like you have no idea what it's like to be like the person supporting them because it literally just like saying it's okay it's gonna be okay or like just a hug it for me it helps a lot so a hundred percent yeah definitely a big hug would be nice Okay, okay. Virtual hugs through the screen. Yeah. I, there, have you guys seen that, like, Jeff GIF that's, like, vir- sending virtual hug loading? And then, is it not? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wait, wait. I have, okay. But, yeah. Um, sometimes, like, when you said desperation, sometimes, like, I just want the feeling to go away. Like, like I wouldn't, it's not necessarily, like, I can't breathe, but more, like, I feel like, like, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, you know how you feel when you feel anxious? It's just in your yeah. chest, like in your chest. And then it's like constant, like, so, like, so for some people, it's just like feeling anxious because you're procrastinating and like, it's in the back of your head anxious, but like, it's constant and like, you don't know how to like, get it yeah. away. So yeah. Um, I definitely understand that experience because I remember uh, for me my anxiety comes from not doing anything so like I can't sit down and like it's impossible if I sit down for too long my anxiety comes and it's like hey you have to do something or you're useless or you're this or you're that and so something that I used to do was that I would turn on my tv and like put it at like full blast same thing with my computer and it would act as like a distractor so my focus I could focus on multiple things and then if I got distracted from one, uh, you know, I would focus on another. And so uh, my mom, she would walk in and she's like, hey, you need to shut one thing off. Like this bill <laughs> is going to be ridiculous. So, you know, how has your family kind of tied in to your mental health and like how has it helped you cope with it? Because for me, my mother has been the greatest anchor of support for me because she went from not understanding and kind of, you know, being very judgy to understanding me and being like, okay, I don't, you know, fully support it, but if it's going to make you happy, then so be it. So, you know, mostly with, you know, wanting to seek out a psychiatrist and taking medication. Like for me, she was the biggest support there. And she was like, every step of the way, I'm here to help you ask me what you need. So, you know, after what happened to me, after I was in the ER, she pretty much, like I asked her, I begged her, I'm like, please do these things for me. So she ended up hiding a bunch of things. Because I didn't, and another thing is like taking accountability. But for me, I was like, okay, I have enough control right now. Please do this for me. And she was like, all right, great, we're doing this. And so we baby proofed pretty much everything. So she was a huge role in like my recovery and getting to the point I am now. So I was wondering about you guys. Yeah, that's great. That's so nice. 
Um, I'll, I guess I'll start. Um, well, I've, as I said, I'm a pretty big family person. I really do trust my family. Um, the thing is that I think they understand like my school stress. I don't know. I'm too scared to talk to them about um, other stresses. I'm going to talk quieter now because they're still in the house, but um, like, I'm bisexual. So basically um, I've struggled a lot with that and like understanding it's okay to not know and not label yourself. So I, I'm actually kind of nervous of saying like that and labeling myself. I'm on the spectrum we'll just say that and I've just struggled like kind of like accepting myself and just seeing that it's okay as well as like as I said I do have a little bit of social I don't want to say anxiety I hate saying that because I mean, it's if, not if you feel like that I feel like you can yeah because again you don't need an official diagnosis because at the end of the day to be honest like a lot of times they can't really give you an official diagnosis because there's a lot of things everyone's pretty different yeah. Yeah. So I guess, anyway, I've just, it's been hard, like, telling them about that side of me, but it's, I definitely, like, appreciate everything that they do with the stress that I have from school, and it, they've, they didn't get, like, or, I mean, they got, like, decently good grades, but especially with college, because they grew up, they're, they're from Europe, so basically they went a completely different college system, and they went to, like, tiny little colleges that had like 100% acceptance rates. So you're like, there, it's okay, Sonia, if you go to community college and then do like, I don't know, do other things. Um, so basically, I've had good support on that side, but not like, I, I don't know how to approach the other topics, which is like, because of the stigma, and I'm having a lot of trouble with that. So yeah. Definitely a struggle with like, you know, everything. I can relate. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm pan, so I can understand where you're coming from. Oh my gosh, there's so many queer Yay. people in this group. I love it. I love it. I love but it. But yeah, you know, like uh, it's definitely an understandable uh I wouldn't I don't want I don't want to assume it's fear because like for me it's not fear it's more like just nerves because I am out the thing is like again for me like my mom culture is a huge thing that plays into it as well as like mild religion so yeah. I definitely understand where you're coming from yeah yeah and it's like for me also like to come out like just the discussion of that maybe ties yeah. into like how I'm anxious like in social contexts so like it just I just prefer to not think about it, which is, I know it's not good, but you know, I'm not Never floats your boat, man. Yeah, honestly, you don't have to come out. Like that's kind of just what I did. I'm like, yeah. you know what? If they know, they know. If they don't, again, like it's my it's it's a part of me, you know. If mm -hmm. they don't like it, then they don't like it. But at the Go end away. of the day, it's my choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's my choice if I want to tell them. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. I'm not worried about them like except it's just like for me the conversation really freaks me out like I I'm like okay I'm queer I don't know yeah, like whatever I decide I am yeah and then they're like okay <laughs> okay and that's all they say like what do I do I need like an escape plan I need to like think it through all the way um yeah and oh. also like I feel like these kinds of things spread like wildfire wildfire so like I was with a group of friends or something and they were like, oh, did you know this person was blah, 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 like um, a lesbian? And then 
no, they changed this. And then everyone kind of got like upset that this person was changing, but it's like, it's, it's a spectrum. You're not going to be just one person one day. Yeah. Like it's also none it, of your business. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Like there was no reason for them to talk about this conversation. Like exactly. it wasn't about you. So anyway, <laughs> back to the thing. That's my thing with my family. Uh, okay. Sure. You want to go? And then I'll go. Um, yeah. Uh, well, so the thing is, so first of all, I 100% can, like, relate to the thing about, um, that Drew was saying about, like, um, when you're alone, like, that's when it starts, because, so for me, my, like, biggest toxic trait is that when I get super stressed, I pile more and more things on my schedule, so I don't have to think about the stress, and yes. then it makes it even more stress, and then, like, it just, like, it's like a never ending cycle. And so for me, I think, so my dad, he, um, he works in China. He's a professor in China. Um, and so I don't get to see him very often. He comes home once in a while. Um, and then he leaves for a, like a bunch of months. He comes back for a little bit. And because of COVID, um, he's been gone for a really long time. Um, and my dad is, I'm definitely like, I love my mom she's great but like I'm definitely closer to my dad and um for the longest time like I could only open up to my dad um and he would help me so much like with like a bunch of stuff um especially in eighth grade or like in middle school um that was like a super duper tough time because I think I was like the pressure from gymnastics and from school and everything just like got to a tipping point and um I don't want to get like into it but it just like was really bad and my dad like um was like kind of like my person I guess like Sonia was saying and um stuff like you you know like you have a person and my dad was like definitely my like person and he always has been um so having him like on the other side of like the world sometimes is really hard um so you have to kind of like I guess that's kind of been my thing like trying to like deal with that and like find um you know people to rely on because I think having a good support system and people who you trust is so important so um yeah and then um also just trying to keep in touch with my dad because you know in China like you can't like there's so much censorship so like I have to use like WeChat and um the time change like I try to talk to my dad all the time like he sends me like the sweetest messages like just out of nowhere like he'll say like he'll just like text me like I love you or like I miss you or something and it's like the sweetest thing it makes my day so much better like um and so just like having a parent or like somebody who gets it and who um supports you no matter what like even if I'm like bawling crying I'll call him and he'll answer like literally one time I was like bawling crying at like like it was like two or three in the morning China time and I would like I, I just like called him because I was like I didn't know what to do and he answered and he sat there with me and he talked to me for like an hour and like literally that's like having somebody like that is so important so yeah yeah I want oh to add to that and just say like you don't need I mean at least for me I found that it I it causes more anxiety to have one person for all of my problems yeah but like sticking definitely. one for my like my family kind of more for my school problems because like my best friend is really competitive with academics and we're competitive together but sometimes it just doesn't help with my mental health um so just having my parents for that one because they're just not related to it but then like Kelsey to talk to for you know like queerness I guess <laughs> so <laughs> you know 
having a person for each situation or each problem, it definitely helps out. You know, you don't need one for everyone or every problem. You have to find something that works for you, um, whether that be like, you know, one person or multiple people or relying on like a different form of coping that's healthy. Like, I think what's important is you find what works for you that's still healthy and like you don't keep it all inside because like that's so bad for you. Mm -hmm. And I also kind of wanted to express that like your anchor doesn't really have to just be like your family member it just like whoever you're comfortable with for example I have oh my gosh my friend she's so nice um I go to her for all my problems for tea for everything and we just talk for hours and it's just I'm comfortable with her she's comfortable with me so we just talk about stuff but also um coming also coming from like a immigrant family my parents work really hard it's I'm comfortable talking with them is just sometimes there's a barrier that I can't get past because of their work and my work too. So I feel like I go towards my older sister who is like, oh my gosh, my older sister is the anchor of our family, I would say. <laughs> so yeah, um, I go to her for some of my problems and I feel like um, there's this one time we just stayed up and I started crying because of stress um, for school. And then she's like, I can relate, like, just tell me what, um, what I can help with. Or, or sometimes she just sits there and she just listens and she just like, nods. But that's, I just wanted to emphasize, like, whoever's, whoever you're comfortable with, just, I'm pretty sure you can, like, approach them. Yeah. yeah. And, sure. and if you approach them and you get the wrong response, at least you know that person isn't good and they're out of your life. Like, take that yeah. part of the sport. Do you yes. look at the bright side? Yeah. Snaps. Facts. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was just kind of listening and I loved all of you guys' stories because, like, I can tell, like, even though we don't have, like, the same story, I can still, like, kind of take, like, bits and pieces from, like, all of your guys' like, stories. But, like, like, I would say for, like, my family, oh my gosh, we'll get that in a second. But my anchor, I would say I don't really have an anchor at it's kind of bad, but I really do keep things to myself, but, like, um, like, if it's, like, for queerness, I go to Sonia, if it's, like, if it's for school, um, like, for my, I can tell my parents, like, I'm struggling, but that's, like, the only thing, okay, sorry, I thought it was my mom's going, um, but, like, that's, like, the only thing, like, they get school, but they don't get anything else, like, my brother gets sports, because he played in, like, since he was really young but like my family doesn't get sports they don't get like the popularity thing they don't get like being left out thing and I'm like why does my voice sound like I'm about to cry like I'm sorry I did not think of I think I'm just like okay sorry guys but yeah like I can't really go to my family for like those things and I and I know like they care for me so like when I did get a therapist they didn't get, give me the same response from, from when I was in seventh grade. They were kind of, like, more understanding because I was, I'm older now. So, like, I guess they, they're okay with my priorities. But, like, my mom is super busy. My dad is kind of laid back. And, oh, my gosh, it's, the family dynamic is super weird. And, like, the generational gap, I think, is what hits it because my family, like, my parents were poor from um, China. So, they were just kind of, like, food house that's happiness so like they don't really 
you know, get like the family, like the friends or the um, school or the being excluded part because they never experienced it. But yeah, like, um, and I also just kind of don't talk to my family about my careers because we just know, like, but like when I did try to tell them, it was not cool. So we just kind of don't talk about it. But it's okay. And, like, I do talk to Sonia about it sometimes. Like, not a lot, but it is, like, a couple times. But, yeah, that's my family. Yeah, I had to come out to my mom, like, I think three times at this point. Because, like, oh. you know, again, like, it's all a spectrum. And so I had to, like, exp- like kind of understand it myself. And so I finally, like, landed on pansexual. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that sounds like me. Again, not everyone's going to agree with, like, oh, that label 100, uh, 100% fits. But, like, I had to do that. And so I kind of, like, used my therapist as, like, my vent. Like, you know, just someone I can just talk about literally everything. I literally spent hours talking to her about, like, oh, I watched this show. I can heavily relate to this one character who's heavily traumatized. And she's like, hmm, that, that doesn't sound good, but okay. <laughs> So, you know, anchor I guess again. you're happy, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I cried okay. to her. Like, I finished reading uh, Attack on Titan, right? Yeah. And I cried so much. I was, like, helping my mom prepare something. And she's like, why are you crying? I'm like, oh, he died. <laughs> like, I couldn't explain it. So, yeah, you know, it do be like that sometimes. Uh, um, right, yeah. So regarding, uh, you know, that generational gap that you explained, I can definitely understand it and was hoping that maybe we can all expand on it a little bit more because I can, like, as I said before, people with my same condition, a lot of them are older people, which is surprising. So I looked it up and it's like people in their 60s. Mm-hmm. who like typically have GED and it's now becoming a very common trend for younger people to have it and so when I talk to anyone who is much older than me and has the same condition it's difficult because they experience something completely different or their culture like somehow dwells into it and so when I speak to my my family about anxiety they always perceived it in a very different way not necessarily negative but always in like a don't talk basis. And then there's me who's like, I need to talk about it. Because if they don't talk about it, it's going to like, you know, bottle up, it's going to explode, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Sure. I mean, that is not great, but like, the story is great. <laughs> yeah. The story is great. Yeah. I think especially, um, like, I don't know if this applies to your guys' families, but like, um, my parents are immigrants, you know, they grew up in China, they came here, um, and, like, I think in China, everybody is kind of more reserved, like, you just kind of, like, do your thing and call it a day, um, and so they didn't really, like, get it when I was, like, stressed or, like, upset, they would just be, like, okay, like, I don't know, go to sleep and wake up and feel better, like, what? Oh my god, <laughs> I literally, like, my dad said the same thing to me. <laughs> I'd be, like, um, I, like okay and so like I would just like cry get up act like everything's okay it wasn't and then go cry again like and I'd be like um I don't think this is right but I think when I hit middle school my dad kind of started because I think the problem was that I didn't trust them enough to like explain what I was feeling and I would just bottle everything up um but I think after explaining it to my dad he was he still I think is a little bit like 
he doesn't really get it. He understands my emotions, but he doesn't get like mental health like as a whole, but he understands what I'm feeling. And I think he can help me emotionally. But like, of course, it's also important to have other like anchors, like you guys said. So like, um, personally for me, um, definitely my biggest anchor is one of my friends. He's like um, a senior this year and he like literally gives the best advice and he'll like, um, like a couple months ago when I was having a really bad panic attack, he like, um, like sat on the phone with me for hours and he just like made sure that I was okay. And so having people like that, and like Drew said, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, um, well, it's definitely important to have a person, but like, it can also be like a comfort character or like somebody you can relate to. Like, there's definitely so many of those for me, like comfort characters or like things that I can relate to that, like, I don't know how to explain it, but they help me when I'm like anxious or upset. Like, it helps me a lot to have those. But um, the generational gap is like definitely very prominent, especially in like immigrant families. Um, yeah. That grew up in a different environment. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I mean, I don't know if it's a blessing, but I haven't really told like my parents know the stresses and there's definitely like a difference between European like school or at least like where they grew up and how they grew up and how I grew up and like the whole thing with school and everything so they understand that it's different but like they're also like why are you taking AP classes like if if they're college classes but you're a high schooler like to them that doesn't make sense and so like it's more that thing and they like understand my stress so I've been like super blessed with that but as I said I haven't said everything and I don't I don't think I've experienced the generational gap as much as you guys have so I just wanted to add this real quick I literally exploit my brother so bad like <laughs> first of all he's like <laughs> he um, went to Lincoln and he's a senior at Davis right now but, like, I had to study today. I was like, can you do my two Ed puzzles for April? She's like, why? I was like, because I, I need you to do it. He's like, okay, fine. <laughs> it just, like, doesn't. Like, 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 it's so funny because, like, whenever I tell him to do something, he's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. But it's more of, like, but it's not, like, in a way that, like, he doesn't care. Like, for me, he just kind of, like, he knows that I'll, like, just kind of start, like, bothering him. So then he's like, okay, fine. Just, like. Like, it's really weird. I think it's really helpful. You are the worst little sister ever. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> literally, like, literally so I paid my sister $7 today so that we could get Indian food instead of Thai food. Dude, I, that's my sister. I literally was like, please get Disney Plus right now for me. And he's like, okay, fine. And then he gave me his debit card and started paying for it. But it's also because it also has a Hulu package, okay? So, like, you can watch Hulu, too. Uh, but it's like, like, he does not care about money whatsoever, so I'm like, can you give me, like, $20? He's like, yeah, just, like, it's just so funny, I'm like, um, yeah. Man. <laughs> like, so That's so awesome. You guys have, like, such a different sibling relationship compared to what I have with my sisters. I'm the middle child, so, like, um, my older sister, oh my gosh, well, she does buy me food and everything, like, she, when she whenever she goes oh there's this one place called golden island and she always like goes there and she's like oh do you want anything she buys that for me but like when i annoy her it's like oh not that great same with my younger sister but um 
Do you just go in their room and like peek around (laughs) them and then just like, I do this all the time. I go into their room and just like kind of open the door a little bit, just stare and then wait and then wait for him to look at me and then I'll buy away. They're like, what are you doing? And then I go out and I sometimes forget to like close the door. She's like, close the door. And she sometimes talks about that. I I intentionally sometimes just leave the door open. I can hear him just close the door like two times. I just go (laughs) running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I'm the eldest, so I bully my brother. Okay, I know I'm bullying my brother, but like (laughs) I've come to realize that I'm so lucky because he literally does anything for me. Like I'll be like sitting on my bed, like, hey, can you get me some water? And he'll come, he'll come running with my water. Like that is not that's so nice. That's so funny. So sweet. But it's I think it's because we rely on each other because my mom works full time, my dad's you know in China so like you kind of have to like rely on each other and so we kind of have like he tells me about he like if he's really upset like I think like I don't want to flatter myself but I think I'm his anchor like in the house I feel like if we were um not in a pandemic right now it like he would rely on one of his friends or something but like because we spend so much time together like whenever he's like stressed or like upset he'll come talk to me about it and then like um you know, so it's kind of like a bond thing that happened because, like, of the pandemic, and we got a lot closer, and um, I think because he's getting older, so, like, you kind of start understanding things, like, you relate to each other more, but, like, he's actually so great, like, that is not my relationship with my sister, like, Like, it's literally the opposite, can I tell you guys a story? Like, for no, a let me tell my story. Okay, fine, so, fine, fine, fine. As as I said, I paid my sister seven dollars for Indian food, sure. just to get dinner. I literally that's how it works in my house, and also like with the pandemic, we were just never close, and I think we had the opposite effect of what Sherry had. Um, basically, both my parents are also full time, um, and I also went to my grandparents' house and you know, they're German and they speak German. So we didn't really understand them. And like, yeah, we got closer in that time because that's all we had. But like, it was never like, as soon as we got back to America and like, we just saw other people, we would drift apart automatically and like our relationship would go really bad. So I'm so jealous of all you guys. Just want to tell you that. I mean, so I honestly like the reason why that I got closer to my brother this quarantine was because he plays he's he is basically kind of like my coach for basketball because I'm planning on playing club next year and like I'd be like okay so teach me this move and then he'd teach me and it'd be kind of like I'm looking you for guidance you're helping me type thing and I can tell that like he's a lot happier because like he now has something to do like this man has nothing to do like he does nothing except watch Warriors videos and like the NFL draft like he literally does absolutely nothing like and it's really weird. He's a very, he's an extrovert, like, around new people, but he's very, like, he's very extroverted at home. Like, he doesn't scream, like, I scream. Like, come on, like, I'm so weird. Also, I, I, like, blow up my brother's face and run away. Literally, like, every time I talk to Kelsey, my energy levels, it's like having coffee. It's like having a conversation with Kelsey is, like, instant caffeine. Like, my energy levels, when we have podcast meetings in the morning or, like, late at night, and I'm, like, ugh, and then Kelsey starts talking, and I'm, like, yeah! yeah." (laughs) I know. (laughs) We all need that one friend who, like, boosts us. Like, I definitely have that friend, 
and it's such a weird contrast because my friend is very extroverted but also like introverted and they're very understanding of me especially since we both share you know anxiety and so it's really interesting to see how we both have the same condition but they have a very completely different attitude and like personality and so anytime we like talk it's like spill the tea let's go what's going on (laughs) It's like they immediately boost my serotonin like I cannot not be happy around them and I feel like everyone needs that so I'm glad you guys found someone like that as for my yes. brother he also does the same thing and I also exploit him I'm like go get me water please. it's just so fun right it's so like, easy it's too so <laughs> like like I love annoying him because like I'll just like push him then run and he won't do anything like I just like and, like, I'm so weird, like, also to my dad, like, I'd, like, bear hug him, then try to, like, pinch, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing, I'd pinch his nose, and then he'd just be, like, and then I'd be, like, and then do it again, he's just like this, and then when he yells at me, I run away, like, it's just, it's really fun, it's really fun to bother everyone, just to see their reaction. You are such a little sister, bro. I love doing that. I used to make fun of my brother. We have a running joke. He's going to kill me if he he listens. Wait, let me find a video. I think you got Literally, like I, so in, all the way back in fourth grade when my brother was in kindergarten, me and my friend were walking in the cafeteria and we saw my brother um, drawing a picture of Elsa and giving it to this girl. So since all those years ago, there's been a running joke in my family that he likes that girl. And I... <laughs> and he hates the joke but like I used to like make fun of him so much or like like punch him but now he's gotten to the age where he can do it back and he's like stronger than me so it's not fun anymore because now I'm the one getting hurt so like (laughs) my brother and I always fight like it doesn't matter like he's four I think if he he might be five I don't remember I like to be honest with you I don't keep track (laughs) but like he punches hard and he gets in fights with me too and it's like little man do you want to like go to the hospital like what's going on I don't understand children that's the thing that scares me about kids because I teach uh kids and it's like why are you guys so eager to like fight everyone they go from zero to 100 in like 0.2 seconds one sec they're like watching cartoons and then they're like like taking you out I'm like I'm sorry yeah I don't know I'm I also teach kids and like kind of tying back to this whole like social anxiety I guess it it's kind of a relief for me because I don't really care what they think of me like who cares if like if you I don't know just said something wrong they literally don't care whereas like with older people they kind of do care um so I kind of have like I don't hate them yelling at me I think it's kind of funny (laughs) to be honest but (laughs) anyway guys enjoy that because like kids they have a completely different perception versus someone your own age so when I teach my kids I kind of admire them because they they're living their best life honestly they're like they don't care they're wearing what they want to wear meanwhile when I reflect on my childhood it's kind of like I wore everything that I thought would keep me safe or make me comfortable and in reality it just made me upset so now that I'm in high school and I'm much older it's like I I wasted so much of my life trying to pretend to be something in someone I wasn't and so I just admire my kids more. And that's kind of why I love teaching kids because they mm-hmm. don't care. And I should keep on teaching them that they shouldn't care what society facts. or other people think of them. Literally facts. Like I coach gymnastics um, and like there's a lot of like younger kids um, and like 
my I think my experience with gymnastics has been a good amount of both positive and negative but there's definitely been a lot like it's like a lot of my anxiety and stuff like that has stemmed from gymnastics but to see like these little kids in the gym like smiling swing on the bars like genuinely having a good time makes my heart so full and so happy it's like you want to not necessarily protect them but you want to keep that level of passion in them because it's just like it's so precious like I don't know but yeah you want to like harbor that excitement that they have yeah Mm -hmm. and like all their imagination too like swear to god they asked the weirdest Weirdest most random questions one of them was like are fish thirsty and i was like i mean that's dude i literally have what many people that like sonia come on yeah i know like like, you didn't ask anyone that same question i like that it keeps you on your feet you know it's nice to not worry like you're just thinking what the hell is this kid thinking um sorry if i curse but you know what is this kid thinking where like that's their biggest problem of the day like it's so refreshing to see that it's not you know the the world literally on a rock floating on a rock guys so one of them one of them asked me (laughs) one of them asked me um what's your husband's name Oh, I was in, I was a sophomore in high school, and I was like, when I tell you, I had to turn around and, like, be like, oh. I mean, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but, no, like, not good. you can curse. Yeah. We had the same exact conversation, like, wait, are we guys allowed to curse? Yeah, I, I know. Oh, like, like, <laughs> I was like, um, I was like, how much the internet? I was like, how old do you think I am? And, I, when I tell you, their response was they thought I was 39 years old. 39! 39. Is that uh, an insult or a compliment? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, no, I'm actually way older than that. Take another guess. I so just they think they don't have, 65. like, reception uh, of age. Yeah. One I had, kids. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, like, there was a little kid. I would. I used to tutor um, little kids at school, and there. I was talking to a guy friend who was borrowing a book, and I was like helping them find it because I also organized books at the library where I tutored kids. And then, um, the kid I was reading to that I stopped like helping for a second was like, "Is that your boyfriend?" And I was oh like, "Oh my god, they always say that." <laughs> yeah, they always <laughs> say that. But I'm just like, um. No, like he's just a friend. Oh, he's my brother, actually. <laughs> like you know. when you're when you're really young, like it's so weird. Like when you're really young, you think people who are older than you, like you just kind of ask, just like, wait, so what are you like? Like you you get so interested in what they're they're doing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, especially when you're like really ripe age, like four, mm-hmm. or, like, yeah. five. I like, love how kids like ship adults that they don't know like they just ship you with anyone um well oh, although, i did that in my art class so many yeah, times there's this one time where one of my kids like it was just me and two other kids because it was like an after school program and one of my kids like looked me dead in the eye was like they were watching a minecraft video too they looked me dead in the eye and they're like hey where do babies come from I'm like child you're not ready and i don't think you want to know and also i don't think you have to worry about that <laughs> Because they told me, they're like, oh, I like boys. I'm like, great for you. 
don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't, you don't have to worry about it. And then my, uh, and then my other kid on like the other end of the table was looking at him like, because like, he knew the answer. Like he knew <laughs> the actual answer. And he's like, you're not going to tell him. I'll tell him like, no, you cannot tell him. <laughs> Kids are so silly. I was such an annoying kid, by the way. Like, literally. I can tell. <laughs> That's fair enough. I'm just kidding. Y'all, okay. So, sorry, but. I can't even say it. Okay. But, like, what was the question? What were we supposed to be talking about? I think generational <laughs> gaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I guess we can shift to, like, happy moments. Like, I guess we can shift to, um, what happy things do we do to relieve stress or what are some of our passions? Yes, coping mechanisms. Yeah. Passion. Okay. <laughs> I Good bite on my highlighter. Oh, wait. Well, no, no, no. no, that's not like a happy thing. It's just like when I get anxious, I need something to bite on. So I'm just like, okay. But okay, it's something that's better. Um, Literally, like sometimes just like going downstairs and just like kind of like, shooting around or like playing volleyball like it's like it's kind of just like a way to like relieve stress I guess mm-hmm. also just watching videos even though yeah I agree I think when I'm like really anxious or like I don't know freaking out I don't know I don't know the correct terminology but I'm when I'm having like a really bad hour hour or two and usually it stems from like anxiety because I'm procrastinating I don't know something like that but it helps for me to just take my mind off of it because I'm really irrational in these kinds of situations. So like if I just stop thinking about it um, and then like come back to the problem, I don't know, whatever it is and come like with a fresh set of eyes, I know it sounds so cliche, but literally just for me watching TikTok or, you know, just watching like a YouTube video of this person, like, I don't, I've been watching Bondi lifeguards and it's like, it's, it's kind of like helped me because these people are drowning and then I'm like panicking about like, I don't know, whatever I'm panicking about. Um, so basically just like kind of taking your mind off of it, um, and not thinking about it for me helps when I'm in like situations where I'm not rational, like where I'm not just not thinking straight. Um, and then yeah, just finding things that, like, I don't stress out about it that much, so, like, helping kids, um, I just don't think about these, like, things that I'm worrying about, and I'm just kind of focusing on how many kids there are if one ran away or something, you know, um, so that's definitely helpful, like, also playing, for me, actually, playing sports has always been an outlet, um, I my my parents said, I was like, I want to play volleyball for UC Berkeley one day. And my parents were like, Sonia, first of all, you're not tall enough and you suck. Oh. You're not going to be able to. And so it was like, <laughs> at least was, they were honest. It was me, <laughs> but then, you know, I don't have any expectations. Wait, no, wait, sorry, that wasn't a big thing. Sorry. <laughs> Sonia's a great player. <laughs> I didn't even hear it, but you know what? Reinforced it. I played on her team. She's great. She's tall enough. No, because the first thing that I, that Sonia said, we were in the same chemistry table. And the first thing she said, or like the first couple days we met, she was like, I was like, oh yeah, you play on the volleyball team. And she was like, well, I'm not going to make varsity because I'm not tall enough. And I was like, well, that was my coping mechanism saying that that was the reason why I wasn't going to get in. Other than that, I suck. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I've always used sports as like an outlet. Um, 
and it I never viewed it as like I need to be the best just because my parents said that I wouldn't be able to be the best um so, so basically it's so funny. I'm just finding like coping mechanisms like that definitely helped me out yeah sports are a huge great form of coping mostly because you're exerting your body Mm-hmm. And so that also helps with the whole like overthinking aspect because you're tiring yourself. And so that's yeah. why figure skating was great because not only did I have to be focused and in the moment to make sure I wasn't going to like hurt myself or hurt some mm-hmm. like poor child that was skating around. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, it, but yeah, it was great because like it releases endorphins and it also mm-hmm. like helps a lot with like a bunch of other things. I guess like a, a type of like more structured type of coping is like cogn- cognitive behavioral therapy. Because it's it's great for anxiety mostly, because you're literally challenging those thoughts of like negativity. So like, for example, wait, wait, can you explain to me what it is? Because I've never heard of it. So it's a great it's a talking treatment or like a writing treatment. And so pretty much you focus on your thoughts, the beliefs, and attitudes. I'm reading this off of something. I'm not smart enough to explain it. No, it's okay. I just need the general idea. (laughs) Yeah. So you pretty much take everything like your feeling and like your belief system and your thoughts, and you kind of teach yourself throughout the process how to rethink of them so for example like a huge one for me was you're not good enough to be uh, spending time with other people or you're not deserving of the friends that you have and so one way like cbt helps is that it pretty much promotes like okay rethink that into a way that is not cruel or isn't as harsh so the way i rethink it is pretty much being like oh, at the moment, I don't feel like I'm at my best, but I can definitely improve in it. And if I have doubts about the friendships that I hold, I can definitely discuss it with my friends. So that's, you know, one way of doing it, just talking it and trying to analyze it and breaking it down. So like, if I feel like trash right now, it's like, okay, I feel bad right now, but I won't feel bad later because I can do this, this, and this. Or oh, that memory from my past is really upsetting, but you know what? I am no longer in that position and I now have something that I can look forward to. So that's pretty much like one of my best coping mechanisms because it's literally taking the problem and challenging it and being like, go away, like be gone. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm going to try doing that. I'm, I feel like I should at least, I think with mental health, you need to try so many different things and find what works for you best because, you know, sometimes I feel like I bottle up my feelings. So I'll definitely try that to see if that helps. Yeah. Also, like another thing, hugging also great, promotes serotonin because you're literally releasing pheromones apparently, which is really Mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, But like, I'm also really touch repulsed. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I do enjoy, you know, spending and like touching other people. But like at the same time, I can't do it because it kind of grosses me out at times. Mm -hmm. My mom, like I don't hug her all that often. But when I do, it's like, oh my God, yes, I'm so happy right now. And so it's the same thing with my friends. Like uh, my friends are great about this. Uh, They kind of give me like a signal or like I give them a signal to be like, hey, I need to like have physical contact right now or I don't want it. So that's another great thing like you can all try. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, (laughs) I think I'm I'm also a very much not like, I when I get overloaded with like physical touch, um, it kind of like stresses, overwhelms me and it just makes me feel kind of icky. 
but like um there's times when like that's like all you need is to for somebody to hold you or for somebody to you know and so um like my dad has been really good in like the when he sees that I'm like really upset he'll like come and give me a hug or like um like my brother too like he can tell when I'm like super stressed um and then also um the the cognitive therapy thing I don't have a therapist but I started doing this thing where I talked to my um I talked to my photo booth on my laptop. <gasps> I saw that on TikTok um, I want to try I started doing it a while ago and so now I have like literally 20 videos of me talking to my uh photo booth camera and when I tell you I think it actually does help because I used to journal but like I'm don't have the energy for that like anymore so like just like talking because I'm the type of person who like when I tell people things I feel like I'm burdening them and I like it like stresses me out <laughs> so talking to my photo booth camera really helps and then um also for me like sports Sorry, I'll Thank have you. to go. It's my cousin's birthday, and my mom. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's birthday. It's not my yeah. birthday. I wish no, to your to your cousin. To my cousin. All <laughs> Thank right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Sorry, guys, I have to go now. But bye. 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 So Hope your cousin has a great birthday. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. Okay. Bye. Um. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, sports for me is like kind of like a double-edged sword. Oh, that was a good analogy. No, but like, um, like it's either if I have a bad practice, it's like the peak of my anxiety. Like I'll go and cry about it for so long. But like, um, I joined Dragon Boat after um, quitting gymnastics, and it's been really nice because everybody is like usually so supportive. Like, um, if you're behind on a run, they'll come run with you, and they'll be like, "Come on, you got it, you got it." Like keep pushing. Um, and so like for me specifically a coping mechanism when I was at school is so you'd be so busy and then you come to Dragon Boat and just like the serenity of like paddling and you are not thinking about anything because you're in so much pain because you're paddling over and over again but just seeing like the sunset and getting to soak that in and breathe the air even though the lake stinks but like you know like just being outside and like nothing else you're like brain empty you're just like paddling and like it just it's just like it feels safe to me like that's what being safe feels to me like and then my last coping mechanism is watching criminal minds because those their characters are like my comfort characters um like i don't know they're just like hotch and prentice are like my two comfort characters and like yeah so watching criminal minds is it's probably not the best I love Gideon. Gideon is the Me best. Too. I just started Criminal Minds. Gideon's like Literally, that. all the characters are good, which is why yeah. that show is so good. Yeah, you know? and the thing about them is, like, they don't tell you everything about the characters, so, like, you learn a little bit more and more about them as you go on with the show, and, like, just... It's like my comfort show, even though it's probably not the best comfort <laughs> show to have because they're, like... <laughs> people are dead <laughs> but it's just so good yeah, yeah. Honest, there's worse comfort shows out there like <laughs> there are really bad options that's not a bad option yeah and it's also like I can see for me at least when I watch criminal minds I would get so scared and like wouldn't leave my room and like have to sit in a certain way but it's like yeah that's like being scared but you're not focused on yeah um other things so like for me I can't do like rom-coms because 
first of all, it makes me kind of sad. And second of all, I'm not like absorbed in it. So then I'll space out and like think about things that I should, probably shouldn't be thinking. Like, like just things that will make me more anxious. So, you know, watching something scary is kind of my favorite thing because I like having that feeling of like being scared and like not having the other anxiety, you know? Definitely watched Bird Box when I was like stressed. Um, I, I think I can definitely relate to you guys. I don't really have a sport that I go to. I do like swimming, like swimming. And, oh my gosh. Putting myself in water is oh, like really yeah. comforting because it's just like cold around you. You, you mm-hmm. relax your like muscles and everything. So that's good. Um, I do Pilates and yoga at homes and I always like have to have music around me. I feel like music is, um, what really makes me like happy and really makes me relaxed <clears throat> but I feel like other than that oh my gosh hugs and baking they're my go-to ones like like I make focaccia when I'm stressed um, me too <laughs> yeah I'll, just, like, literally I'll eat like a whole thing of focaccia <laughs> the thing literally. is I make it at like midnight so my parents are like are you okay like you're making bread at midnight and I was like yeah <laughs> Who doesn't want bread? So <laughs> fresh bread in the morning. Technically, when you're done, it'll be the morning. <laughs> exactly. Or like baking cookies is really yummy. But um, yeah, I guess that's my coping mechanism. And oh, yeah. just wanted to say like everybody has a different coping mechanism. I know some people say like, oh, try exercise. But I know like um, exercise or what we mentioned does not work for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just wanted to get that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trial and error guys. Like for, sure. for me, I decided journaling kind of not where it's at for me. I'm totally fine with everybody else loving journaling and me not liking it. Like I'm okay with that. And just like figuring out what works for you and you have to like kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone. And like, I guess it's not like fully out of your comfort zone, but you know, like trying something new to see if that works better at cope yeah. at coping. If you're like struggling and your coping mechanism isn't going to work. So. Yeah. Like it definitely also differs on what you're stressed or anxious about. Like if I'm like, like really stressed about or like really anxious or not feeling good about the way I look, then going on TikTok is only going to exacerbate that. So like, I can't do that. Or like, um, if I'm stressed about school, then I usually like, well, like I have to like talk it out. Like I can't keep it bottled in or else like it just gets worse and worse. And then my performance deteriorates. So, um, like if I'm stressed about school, then I'll talk to my camera roll or I'll, um, I like have to schedule it out. For me, writing things out really helps and planning it out really helps. But like um, what Ashley said about yoga from my English teacher, he every Monday, because our Monday schedule is like every single class, like, and we don't have any breaks. Um, he does this thing called, um, wait, what is it called? Shit. Oh, oh, mindfulness Monday. Mindfulness Monday, where we, the entire class, we don't do anything. We just meditate. And like, it's so nice to have like a break, like, and he's, also like so good at um, being flexible about like deadlines and he'll work with students who aren't and he has office hours and everything. And I think that just goes to show how big of a role like adults and teachers in school can play in your mental health too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just honestly, just be kind to others. Yeah. Really, like if I'm gonna tie back to that, I, I was struggling with like the AP exams and stuff. And so when I was studying, 
one of these stupid, like one of the videos, the girl was like, and remember, you can do this. Literally the most pointless thing ever. But for some reason, when I was having a hard day, like I was like struggling, I was like, I'm not going to get this, uh, like what I thought was a good um, score. And she was like, remember, you can do this. And it was so stupid, but it like actually sort of helped. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. And like, you know, just that momentary relief, like I was just like, okay, it'll be fine. And obviously two seconds later, I got stressed again, but you know, just say nice things and you don't know where other people are coming from and you don't know their story. So like, just be nice guys. Yeah, I know. Kindness is really what makes a difference. Yeah. Um, there's so much that like like Sonia said there's so much you don't know about everyone like we definitely didn't tell um everybody like our life story today like and there's definitely a lot of things that um have gone unsaid because like it's stuff a lot of people have things that they like try to bury and like don't want to talk about and don't want to think about so just like even the tiniest things like definitely this quarantine I've learned to like focus on the small things and like stop to smell the roses because like I've realized that's like so important because a ton of little things makes like a big thing, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, like just appreciate what's around you. Like even like, you know, watch the sunset, watch the sunrise if you can wake up that early, but you know, that's not going to work for me. But, you know, it's looking outside and looking at the clouds, although it's foggy right now, just saying like, wow, those clouds are really pretty. It's like still like it's a small thing, but you know, it'll help and just do small little things you like if you don't have a big thing you like like for a coping mechanism or like a for me sports and stuff if you don't have a big thing then just do a bunch of little small things and you know you kind of get the same like relief I guess so that's like a really positive note but um I was just wondering like have you guys ever been shamed for your mental illness Sorry, getting onto that negative note again, but like, mm-hmm. um, I personally have not been shamed for it. Um, I've also like, as I said, my parents have been pretty open around it, and I've just been in a pretty um open environment, so I don't have that any perspective on that side, and I'm so grateful for it. Like, I I feel like during quarantine, I think I appreciate a lot more, and so that's one thing I've appreciated that I've had an easier time than other people, and like. I'm just so grateful for that, but yeah, so I can't contribute that much to this question. No worries. Um, We can also talk about, like, any advice you want to give to people, like, struggling with mental illness and, like, ending that on a more positive note, if you guys Mm -hmm. want. I mean, Sherry, if you have an answer for the previous question, you can, and then if not, I'll talk. I think that I used to, like, shield myself a lot and bottle it up, so I didn't I wouldn't like talk to people about like um like my panic attacks or my anxiety like until more on the recent like scale um but most of like what um the feedback or I guess like whatever has been mostly positive or like it's been like it hasn't been like outwardly negative like a lot of times you kind of get like confusion or like um okay like I don't really know what I'm supposed to do but like I'm here for you like and I think that's like good enough for me like obviously like um I like choose not to tell a lot of people about a lot of things because like I again like I feel like I'm burdening people so like the select amount of people I do tell 
like I guess I try to make sure like that they are the type of people who like aren't gonna like make me feel bad about it um so yeah so I guess not really I haven't really had any negative experience um I guess let's talk about positive experiences like um what advice do you want to share or what advice has someone given to you that you want to let other people know about? Um, to be honest, like, reach out to other people if you're struggling. And it's so much easier said than done. Like, trust me on this one. I haven't been the most open. And then I bottled it up. And then, you know, obviously it's going to break because there's too much pressure in there. So, um tell other people but also if you're not ready yet and you have to do it like to a certain extent for yourself like it's not going to be lifelong change if it's for other people so like if you're not ready and you know if you can deal with it a little bit just keep it to yourself and like you know find your own coping mechanisms and when you're ready you can tell other people so for me for a while i was just watching random tv shows that like help me make or english um <laughs> help make me feel better and like I was just like until I'm ready because sometimes like telling people is like the worst it, it will like make it even worse like it's not gonna help the situation and you might even stress about it even more because for me then I would start like if I'm stressing about school and then I'm stressing about how to address this conversation about school that's like double the stress than just one so you know do it when you're ready mm -hmm. yeah I think my advice would be like, um, find your anchor, whether that be a person or a thing. And then also like everybody has is on their own path and on their own timeline. And you don't like your perception of mental health or your like level of anxiety and stress, just because maybe you aren't diagnosed with like a disorder, like doesn't mean that your feelings aren't valid. And um, like it, Basically what I'm trying to say is like everybody feels things in different ways um, and at different times and deal with things in different ways. And so you just have to find what works for you and know that your, your feelings and your emotions are always valid because I think a lot of it is you feel like, why am I feeling this way? Like um, I used to be really guilty because I'd be like, other people have it so much worse than me. And yeah, I'm sitting here crying. Like, it's okay to do that. Like, your emotions are 100% valid. And like, if you need to cry, that is not a bad thing. Like, if you need to go outside and take a breath or you need to skip class for one day because it's bothering you, like, that is, your mental health is so much important than, like, an absence. Like, mm -hmm everyone is different and you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. And let me just say it again. It is okay to cry. Everybody. Literally. It is normal. Why do you think our bodies do it? You know, like, well, why is it there? Natural selection. If I learned anything about <laughs> school, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That didn't sound <laughs> <being fun smart. laughs> But anyway, you know, it's okay to cry. And it's also, if you're like numb to everything and you feel like you, don't have anything to grab at like it's okay too you know just you do you and also be nice to everyone because you don't know what anybody like you might think you know what's like going on with someone but they could just be putting up a facade like all of that might be fake and they be, might be like really struggling so like you're just kind little word of saying you know 
you're going to be okay. It'll be fine. You're doing great. Like those little things, like they add up and they make a big difference. So just be nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, quickly on my part, I guess I would say that no matter how big or how small your experience may be, at the end of the day, we're all human and it's completely natural to feel a certain way or to struggle in some sort of way. No matter what you may be thinking or what you may be doing to cope, as long as you are conscious of what you are doing, I don't think it's wrong. And you don't have to come out and tell people, I have this condition or this other condition. It's all at your own pace. And that's, I think, the biggest takeaway I want everyone to get that you don't have to shout to the world, I have a mental illness. It's not something that you need to publicize. And it's not something that you should also feel ashamed about. This is about gaining power back over your mind and your body. And you don't have to share that with anyone. So if you want to talk to a professional, you can talk to a professional. And you should be capable to speak with a professional. If you don't want to, that's also fine. If you want to find comfort in a friend or a family member or a story that you may have heard, that's also completely valid. But at the end of the day, being ashamed of yourself I will never accept that. And so I will continuously push you to realize that you're human and that's fine. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to be vulnerable. So please, please, if anyone's watching or listening, please remember that you are an incredible human being, that you're completely validated in anything and everything you feel. And that no matter what your experience is, that for how big or how small it is, it's valid and you are important, and people do care about you. So please, love yourself like others love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, we love you. Literally. Yeah. Literally, talk to us. DM the Just Lost podcast. Any one of us four will literally talk to you and make sure you're okay. Oh, that actually brings us back. Uh, do you guys want to, like, put your, you know, promote yourself, like, your own accounts or whatever? Our, our own accounts? <laughs> you can I'll just find, um the just lost us um at the just lost podcast on spotify and on instagram um where like constantly like open people have texted us or, or dm'd us um to talk or um messages like if you ever need anyone to talk to